0: 7th Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of The Soda
1: Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of 7th Avenue Pizza.
0: From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, man?
1: Exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long couple days. Friday was with the family, which means large consumption of whiskey. You and I, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, I definitely dummied plenty of beers with the awesome VIP pass that that beauty Dylan hooked us up with for the rocker event. Um, And then today we went back at it and went and drank some beers while uh, some people watched Formula One. So I'm just exhausted.
0: Are you like now into professional gaming and or F1 after this weekend?
1: F1 very little. <laughs> professional gaming Yes, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm going to watch every single competition, but that shit was electric.
0: Dude, that was awesome. Um I have to say I like was looking at when the next Counter-Strike Major is and there's the last ever Counter-Strike global offense major coming up in paris because then they're everything is going to go over to counter-strike 2 which is coming out in the summer Um, so this is like it's it's gonna say why last ever (laughs) well because no one's ever going to play csgo anymore competitively all the pros are going to go over to the new one so they're never going to play this old one so this is like the last big like professional i guess major is what they call it so i was just i was literally like listening to like a little like a little podcast about a guy go go off about how like crazy this is for the sport because usually they'll see usually professional gamers will see like sports dot sports or games sorry, die or the new one will come out like call of duty the same game and wrapped in a different fresher form every like two years kind of like well kind of like but not as extreme as what ea does with the nhl games and you know every single year in nba with 2k and things like that but let's be honest like cod is pumped out a lot more games in the last 10 years than counter-strike which counter-strike has done one it's been global offense in like 12 i think almost 14 years now so this is just huge for that particular game but uh no it was a great event i learned so much more about professional gaming than i ever thought i knew and i thought i knew a little bit uh more than like the average person and it was crazy that like what like shoulder to shoulder 1300 people Maybe even like staff and spectators at this event. There, um, what was the theater's name again?
1: Palace Theater.
0: Palace Theater in St. Paul. It was a nice theater, I imagine, for like concerts and whatnot. But for this type of event, it like it was it was the perfect type of venue for what I think uh, Rocker and the in the group were going for.
1: Yeah, again, I they crushed this event. I didn't really have true expectations going in, but whatever they were were vastly exceeded it was like not just the display in the production which they crushed it was just insane seeing uh fans of video games like get fucking ripped like hockey fans would except i would argue that they one-upped us like it like people were losing their shit and it was awesome
0: yeah no it was it was electric as you said and shout out to uh to our bartender who was an absolute beauty as well. Nick,
1: what a hero. (laughs) We're going to try to get him on too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've never, I mean, I have, but recently I've had a bartender just so excited to serve and so excited to just like hang out with with the crowd, with the event. I mean, he was watching Formula One. We know that when it got a little quiet upstairs, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. We went up and found him. No, shout out to uh, Nick. He's a beauty
1: it wasn't just that it's just like once we showed our interest in him he's like oh yeah we're doing this here we go and then he just loved us
0: yeah hell yeah what again um but uh stay tuned for wednesday as we'll drop an episode on wednesday where i'll catch up with dylan again and we will dive into just his perspective of the event and uh what's coming up towards the end of the season as the, what we learned the call of duty season ends in June. So there's one last, I think smaller event and then the big major, the big finals, um, whatever the right terminal terminology is, Dylan will, uh, <laughs> will teach us all about that uh, on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. The first episode, you can find it. I believe it's episode three Oh six. Um, I retweeted it, if you're on Twitter, uh, recently, so go check that out, and uh, that's where we kind of did our intro to the whole Rocker brand um, and uh, professional gaming as a whole, and he's just a whole lot of fun. It was a great episode. We talked about sports, beer, the whole nine yards as well, so uh, go check that out, um, and this one will be a good follow-up. And, and
1: substances in gaming.
0: <laughs> yes, and banned substances in gaming. Uh, <laughs> I think we just, we should probably just... I, I, we saved that entire interview we, we have we haven't dropped it on youtube but i think that'd be a fun thing that we can clip and put on our youtube channel at the soda pod check it out if you haven't already but uh, I, i'm not gonna lie i don't have a beer on tap i have water lots and lots of water because it's been a very <laughs> like coffee said busy weekend um but i see you, you, got, you got something fresh so you got something fresh what is that uh northland and fresca
1: northland fresca baby
0: very nice very hair nice. of the dog Yeah, all the beers that i have are bigger beers let's just say and i'm just i'm not i'm not up for anything <laughs> anything big anything hazy anything ipa right now and there's no more light beer in this house and let's be honest if i downed one or either of these or one or both of these i would fall asleep right now so water today on the soda pod let's go but I did shout out Waconia have uh, one of the peanut butter porters this weekend when I was doing some streaming. So shout out to Waconia brewing as always.
1: Yeah. Who we also ran into at the rocker event.
0: Yes. Yes. Which, uh, well, we'll, we'll, get into that with Dylan on the next episode. Let's get into some hockey talk here, particularly the Minnesota wild. Now I know their season is done, but the off season is upon us. The draft is upon us and there's still storylines here and there. One of the big ones, we thought that there might be a few resignings. There was only one so far, and that was Marcus Johansson. I know you and Z talked a lot about it on the Judds Buds, the last Judds Buds episodes. If you if you folks haven't listened to that over the weekend, please go and do so. But uh, for those of of you who haven't heard it, Hoppy, immediate reaction, thoughts. Uh,
1: it's funny because we threw up a poll right after the signing from the soda pod and got quite. Uh, bit of reaction and it was basically do you love it do you like it do you dislike it do you hate it and people love it which I'm shocked like I'm personally in the like category like I'm I think that he is a good compliment to Bat Boldy I think that two years two million is reasonable for what he is everyone seems to think that's a steal of a contract and I just don't know that anyone was going to pay him any more than that I don't know you you tell me if I'm crazy, I guess.
0: No, I think it was awesome too. I was um I, I saw that. Tweet. You don't think saw,
1: it's awesome too, because I didn't say it's awesome. Oh, I said, I, okay. I said I like it. I support I, it.
0: I think it's an, I think it's an awesome deal. I a hundred percent support it. We saw how good Boldy played with Johansson down the stretch. We saw that they had chemistry. We saw that they their games complemented each other. Hell Johansson was kind his game is kind of what Boldy needed to get going and they just fit so well. Now, was that a flash in the pen? We shall see, but I don't think this contract hurts the Minnesota wild at all because, okay, maybe Boldy and him go through a little bit of a dry spell compared to what we saw at the end of last season. It's he's still a very serviceable player. And at, at this cost throughout this time where the Minnesota wild are cap strapped, these are the type of players. These are the type of contracts that you need guys who can, compete guys who can move up and down the lineup if needed guys who have chemistry with their star star players and you're getting them cheap i mean the wild needed this now i know there's some other players that the wild picked up on the trade deadline some other players on the roster who now aren't going to be re-signed as a result i was pleasantly surprised as well to see that twitter wasn't up in arms over some of these other players not re-signing and that Johansson was the one that they were going with you know
1: yeah but so answer my question from before is someone else going to pay johansson more money than 2 by 2 um i i
0: think that there's always a team that might pay a little bit more i think he he probably caught, could have gotten a little bit more now that that the number is nothing crazy maybe maybe we're talking just one more million i, I don't know like per season um because we've seen this so many times where like there's players who aren't aren't worth what they get on free agent day, but somehow the agents work their magic. Right. And and we see these crazy contracts. Now, sometimes they're crazy with the terms. Sometimes they're crazy with just like the number and the cap hit themselves with Johansson. I mean, I maybe could have seen him get a three by three on the open market sort of thing, but Hey, right. two by two, I think that's perfect. And I think that's the wild might've got him at a little bit of a, a discount because they're like, Hey, you're going to get points. You're going to play with, a young star player and you're going to get playing time here. I think obviously he enjoys it. He's familiar with Minnesota and it's not like he's going to be coming to camp and have question marks on where he's going to play, what his role is going to be. He he knows why, why and what he's here to do. And I think that goes a long way.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is definitely someone that's been outspoken saying that he enjoys the organization, enjoys living in Minnesota. So that certainly bodes in your favor, but so, like you said, he's pretty much locked into the lineup next year, playing with Boldy. We've pretty much got Zuccarello and Kaprizov locked on the first line. Basically rolling back the exact same team poses two questions. Like one early on, this is very early on. What are the expectations for next season? And two, what's basically we're saying. None of our prospects are really going to get a chance. Yeah. Like, is Beckman just like destined to not play in the NHL for the wild?
0: Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it's like, it's not like he's done anything wrong. It's just the way that the roster is constructed right now. There's just, there's just simply no room. And there's no room to give anybody a chance. It's like, if we give a guy a spot, they have to play. And and, and then that goes
1: back to my first question What are the expectations next year? Why? Does it make sense to give a deal like that to Marcus Johansson when we're really not going to contend? I mean, shit, Bill Guerin came out and said as much this year, like, well, we weren't going to win the Stanley cup. Like, okay, dude, what's going to change next year when you have the exact same fucking team minus a couple players. So, well, hopefully a developmental giving guys a chance or sure. But also a developmental year
0: for, for Boldy, where he doesn't have to just feel like the team hasn't given him anything. The team has given them something now. And I think that's important because like, yeah, sure. It, they could have gone the route that you're saying. And maybe him and Beckman played well together again. And maybe they, maybe they become a duo much like uh, Johansson and Boldy are right now, but maybe not. And I don't think that the wild are willing to bank on that.
1: No, I, I think you nailed it. I think that's a hundred percent the correct answer that Matt Boldy getting some level of consistency and seeing if he can produce at the level he's being paid to now that his contract kicks in next year. I think that's a hundred percent the answer. And that's, that's more why I posed it. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are probably going to be scratching their head at like, why are they rolling back the same thing when it clearly didn't work?
0: Now, this is a perfect segue because there's potentially another contract
1: <laughs> that I think we, we could, we could
0: flip that entire conversation conversation. And as much as I love the player, that is Ryan Reeves that is a contract that maybe maybe the wild could avoid to do just what we were talking about there bring some youth in bring bring some rookies in and, and see what they got now on the other hand Ryan Reeves has brought an element to this team that I think was needed this season because the jeek line is gone greenway's gone you know it, the jeek line it, it, it was great when we had it it doesn't exist anymore that that uh that identity line and uh, that seeped in that that's uh, that's uh, that's seeped into the identity of the team last season. It it no longer exists, and Reeves kind of filled in that tough role that that players on that line provided last season, and it it worked. And he also was a good robber guy in the room. I think that was evident, especially like when the Wild went through their ups and downs, especially. And, and I think, like, we, we can't highlight this enough, especially when Kaprizov went down. Unlikely hero in Ryan Reeves to start scoring goals when Kaprizov uh, was injured, which is crazy to think about. But, I mean, seriously, that guy, uh, I think, Impacted this team a lot on the ice and off the ice throughout that time. And though I am, I, I will be excited if he's resigned, he wants term. He wants at least two years. And he's been quoted saying it's just because like my family and kids have moved around so many times in the last few years. I want some sort of like some sort of element um, where they can just be comfortable, you know, and not have to think about it, some stability but at the end of the day, this is the type of player he is. And and like, and, and again, I'm I'm not trying to sound like like an asshole here, but like you're this type of player. I know you have a family, but like this is this is your job. Like you gotta you you have to understand that in these last couple of years, Reeves, and I know and we're going back like the last couple of years too, but in the last stretch of your career, you are gonna be a suitcase. And it's just the way that it is, I think. Um now again, I'll be thrilled if the wild do it. I don't think it's the smartest move just financially here. And given that they maybe need to bring in some of these rookies, however, if they do do it, I don't think it's like the war. I don't think it's the end of the world. Like some people on Twitter are making it out to be. If he wants two years here, it's going to be a low cap. It's just like, they could use that spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm torn on a couple of things you said there. I do agree that two years for Reeves is just not great what is he 38 37 guy that's already not uh the most fleet of foot and really is a one-dimensional player in what he brings which weird specialists um i thought garen was opposed to those but he keeps playing a bunch of them and just calling out one he's 36 Uh, by
0: the way he's 36
1: well okay that's not bad no i mean still not good but uh for me though talking about opening up a roster spot for a young guy i I don't want adam beckman playing on the fourth line like i don't think that's a barrier or a concern it's more so like the third line is what i'm really intrigued to see how it comes together i just have no idea how that could potentially look the only thing that we kind of know right now is that it's gonna be marcus felino we think Freddie Goudreau, but who knows? He could end up being the second line center for all we know. Oh, but I just I just don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know if we are able to extend Brandon Duhame. Um I yeah, I just don't know what that line's gonna look like. And that's gonna dictate a lot.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, once, once the dominoes kind of fall there, then we can kind of open the conversation on like, okay, what's the future look like for Duhame and maybe some of these other role players on the team. But until, until Reeves signs or doesn't sign, like it's kind of up in the air on how, okay, how, how training camp's going to look. Cause the wild aren't going to do much more this summer. Let's be perfectly honest. Like I I can't imagine they're going to make too many big moves. I mean, I will say I, I wouldn't be super surprised to see Marcus Foligno get traded. I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling that maybe they they just want to to switch it up, even if it's for a, a, a player who doesn't bring exactly what he has. Because again, he's he's more every season he becomes more and more of a unicorn in this league. Let's be honest. But maybe for a little bit more speed, a little bit more scoring, but someone who will play like you know third third line or something like that. I don't know. I'm just. If there's any tweak to this team, I think that he might be that piece because he still has some value. Um, And he was in and out of the lineup this year anyways with injuries and the team just kind of, you know, continued to, to either plug along or do well anyways. Like, it's not like they relied on him too, too much this year. So, I don't know. For some reason, that's a name that maybe I could see get tweaked and it would shape a little bit of the how the roster looks or next season as far as it being a little bit different. But that's kind of the only move I can see. Maybe a little bit more speed and scoring on the third line versus a guy playing his type of game. I don't know.
1: I mean, the other one that stands out, well, other two, three that stand out, you look at what the trading of Addison and Rossi could do if they even happen. Those are probably more futures though. The one that I think is really interesting is if Phil Gustafson comes back with too big a number, what can you get for him on the open market?
0: Yeah, and some people might be, might be like, what? Why are you even thinking about that? It's because Wallstat is waiting.
1: That's why. Mm, that is not why. It's purely dollars and cents. Well, I mean, do you
0: have a young goalie who had a season like this and people still, I, I think, will, will... – be outraged to hear that like people even entertaining thinking about trading him because they're hard to find and they don't grow on trees. Both but I think people do forget and
1: understand basic economics. Well, like that too. The but, wild either can or can't afford him. And if they can't, find a way to capitalize on his worth, get something in return, and find another goalie and roll it back.
0: True, but th- there are a lot of fans out there who might rebuttal and just say, Well, make it work, find find the money, move, move some play. Like you know what I mean? Because some people might really think that he's very valuable to this team and they don't think yeah. that they should be able to move on from and
1: him. And then on the flip side, there's people that think Walstead should already be up in the NHL. So like clearly yeah, that's a little there's, crazy. A, there's no dissension among wild fans.
0: Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's I'm not the, saying
1: that I want him gone. I no. think that he is the perfect bridge goalie to ultimately be in a one, a one B type tandem with Walstead until one of them proves out. But if he comes back, cause he's got an agent that, when there's blood in the water, he's going to fucking pounce. He's the one that got Jack Campbell, the five by five. That's worked out so well for Edmonton. Like you need to be prepared for the possibility that they play hardball. I think he liked it here. I think he realizes that it might not be the same thing. If he goes somewhere else, I would assume that we find a way to get something done probably in the three to three and a half million range, which is going to make it really tight on the cap elsewhere, but Hey, whatever. I think that gets done. I'm just saying, it. There is absolutely a world that exists where he says, "No, I want to make between four and five mil for the next four years," which he can absolutely get on the open market, and we cannot afford. That's yeah. That's just the truth.
0: It's it's good. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. I. You think he can get that much in the open market right now? I absolutely think he could. I just don't think he has enough games yet. And I'm not. I'm not discrediting what he did this year. I'm just saying that like. So
1: then, why do you care so much about
0: keeping him? Well, I mean, if it's three million dollars, it doesn't really matter to the Wild. Like they can, they can make that work. No, but, but my like,
1: point is, you're you're so adamant that people are going to freak out because of how good this guy is, and you can't let him go no matter what. Why is that not a guy that you're willing to give for four and a half million?
0: Um, no, fair. I just think internally, and in as fans of like the Minnesota Wild, like put it this way average nhl fans they they probably wouldn't feel this way i'm speaking on just kind of like wild fans when you have a a young player play very good and pop during one season you, you don't want to see them go especially when you think they have potential however i don't think and this is me personally i, I don't think anyone thinks that like he's commanding five million dollars okay that that's me personally I, I like look i and maybe i'm still living like 10 years in the past when when like Really good goalie contracts were like four point five and like they were like the cream of the crop.
1: We're literally watching Sergei Bobrovsky play right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, how many $10 million goalies are there out there?
1: He was very <laughs> price. price That's I don't who's who is
0: that? Who is that? I heard he was a goalie once. Does he still play?
1: That's not what you asked. Carry Carrie who? That wasn't the question. <sighs>
0: But anyways, I might be still just living in the past where I'm still valuing goalies a little bit lower. Um, I know there's 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 ones out there who make a stupid amount, and even Lundqvist towards the end he made what over seven, I think. But uh, but anyways, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think that this guy, <laughs> Philip Gustafson, who's played one amazing season, is gonna get you know, on the open market two million less than what Lundqvist got right, in his Isha, last deal.
1: Isha, would you rather have? Philip Gustafson or Darcy Kemper.
0: Um, blah, 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 blah. Gustafson. Oh, okay. Because uh, of his Gustafson dollar
1: or Elvis Merzlikens.
0: Uh, Gustafson.
1: Gustafson or Philip Grubauer.
0: Uh, Gustafson. But my caveat is because uh, I know Gustafson, Gustafson is cheaper than Jordan all of them. Because I know I know Gustafson will be cheaper than all of them.
1: Gustafson or Jordan Bennington.
0: Gustafson, because I know he's cheaper than all of them.
1: That's not what I asked. I asked pick between the two. Dollars aside, which okay. would you rather have?
0: Okay, well, dollars aside, it's all the other ones except for Jordan Binting. I'd still rather have Gustafson than him.
1: You would rather have Philip Grubauer, Elvis Merzlikens, and Darcy Kemper than Philip Gustafson.
0: If we're going numbers aside, yeah.
1: I'm saying dollars aside. You can yeah, have yeah. A ball, dollars aside yeah, yeah.
0: Co- contract numbers aside, yeah, yeah.
1: But you're fucking batshit crazy.
0: A little bit. I'm just saying, the guy's had one season then. Now it's a promising season, and I I want to see him do it again for the Wild. But I, I am not crowning him a goalie who's better than all those goalies who've proven themselves in the national hockey year after year after year.
1: I don't think he's worth five fucking mil. I don't think anybody on the open market would pay him that much. I didn't say that. I said four to five. Four million is very realistic, and he cannot get that here. Uh, four is
0: like the max I could ever see him get on the open market. You're I don't
1: psycho. You've seen people get pay,
0: overpaid so many times. Not after what, not after a sample size of his.
1: I'm, I'm like, I, I, I haven't with the goalie. I, a duty, I truly don't think I've seen a goalie a play. one. will be nominated easy. for the Vesna. What's that? He will be nominated for the Vezina.
0: Fine. He had a good season. I still don't think that sample size. I, I can't be the only person who's who's thinking this right now. Like $3 million, 3.5 max with the wild. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Actually,
1: wait, let me uh, hang on. I'll find this right now.
0: We're really uh, dragging this on.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Why not? Because um, you're so adamant about it. Uh, let's see if I can find this quick. Okay. So contract projections from Evolving Wild... For Philip Gustafson, most likely is two years by three point eight eight one million based on his production. Other options: one by three point five six million, three by four point five 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 million, or four by five point one million. Tell me that there's not a single GM in the NHL that would pay him that money.
0: Yeah, there's there's quite a few I I reckon who would not pay him that money sure rebuilding I mean,
1: yeah, team that won't that's not what i asked i asked will someone all it takes is one
0: <laughs> sure one team who's rebuilding sure like that's sure
1: not, so so what? you're changing you're moving the goalposts dude i said you said there's no way that he gets that money from anyone i, I truly
0: don't believe it i i don't yeah. i really don't the, the first three options there sure the last two apps like the four-year and five-year deal absolutely not There's no fucking way
1: because a lot aren't going to go that route. But again, if you want the goalie, that's what it takes. The first three options are fine. It's under 4 million. It's Campbell, five by five.
0: That's fucking tell me. Look, if we're moving in that direction, then then I'll I'll re-listen this in two years and we can we can we can roast me and I'll eat my words. But as we stand right now, I truly don't think. That, that the goalie market is like that and that any general manager would pay this guy f- above $4.5 million. I really don't.
1: I will never go back and listen to an episode from two years ago. So you yeah, whatever.
0: whatever. But uh, and again, I'm not trying to discredit the guy. It's just the sample size. I I, I have never seen a goalie get that much cash after Grilled this
1: small. got a $9 million contract off of one season.
0: Yeah, he's not a goalie, and I still think that's fucking crazy, but uh it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. goalies are a different breed, man. You know this.
1: They're a very different breed.
0: Like we've seen we've seen goalies like put together a body of work, Ala Brizgalov, then sign the big deal and go sayonara. So, like I, you think I'm gonna trust a goalie who's like hasn't even put the entire body of work together yet in that one season? No, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not. <laughs> now, speaking of anomalies, the uh, Brizgalov—I miss him.
1: The world misses him.
0: Yes, the universe misses him. But he's somewhere in that humongous big universe. <laughs> uh, he used to do uh, interviews for the Player Tribune, which were awesome. But I don't—I don't know what happened to that. I think it was short-lived. But it was a lot of fun while it lasted. Anyways. Um, anything else wild related or should we move on to, uh, the NHL playoffs?
1: I think we're good on wild stuff for now. We'll probably do more of a deep dive on some of the stuff in the coming weeks. There's nothing too exciting to discuss yet.
0: No, when we, uh, when you milk a whole segment talking about Reeves and Gustafson contract, that's so, you know, it's the off season for the Minnesota wild. Um, <laughs> so uh, a certain clip by joe uh, thornton hop you know i know joe thornton's retired and we've we've been seeing him uh with the i don't know if it's just for men or whatever the fuck it is the beard commercials those quirky beard uh beard commercials where he's on the hockey bench looking at the camera hi mom with his uh grayless beard now but also circulating is the clip of him uh what was it It was scored those those four goals if i'm not mistaken with the san jose sharks a few years ago and he had that infamous soundbite uh if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: Oh, the infamous soundbite. It it's just so perfect, and of course, going with the fact of the both four goal games, of course, leading to a loss for either team. But with Joe Pavelski being one of them, it came up pretty quickly for some people that the Joe Thornton quote was necessary. Um, and just back when uh, Tomas Hurdle, rookie year, had an unreal game four goals and of course the fourth one he embarrassed them going between the legs um <laughs> people are asking marlo about whether hurdle was showboating and thornton just says shut up have you ever played the game and of course everyone kind of gets excited now they're like oh he's got something to say and he said i'd have my cock out if i scored four goals i'd have my cock out stroking it <laughs> And that video, of course, is not available anywhere on the internet anymore. But quote, I think I have
0: forever. it saved. I have it saved. I'll, I'll clip it in oh. here if I find it.
1: Oh, you need to. Yes, that's brilliant.
0: I have I a lot. It and, 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 you, know, you know what's funny, Hoppy, is I on this computer that I'm recording on right now, I have so many fucking hockey clips saved from the THPN days. And the, the stick and rink days that like, and I almost clean them all out because I'm like, do I really need this? But there's a few that I'm like, I kind of like the the Giroux's pigeon one. I'm like, do I really need this? I probably could find it again. But there's a few I'm like, you know, I'm gonna save it just just in case the internet wipes it clean someday. So I'm I'm pretty sure I had that same thought. But you've to the, got the
1: audio. You need to just throw it in over what I said then. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think I do. I mean, the audio was never that good, anyways. I remember, but uh, if I have it, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. Beauty, because it's him in the background or like hurdles being interviewed. He's in the back
1: striking it
0: (laughs) oh man but yes joe pavelski joe pavelski it was it was it was the whole team versus pavelski like the dallas stars they were irrelevant that was pavelski on the ice oh my goodness that was that was incredible and like the hand i know we've talked about this before especially american hockey fans know this very well but like this guy's hand eye is on another level man unbelievable like with ease his tip-ins like it's it's crazy and every time i see it i'm like I, I still can't believe how like you just knew you being joe pavelski he just knew like exactly where to be and it'll just look so natural and like I, I never thought i'd see tip goals look like so like fluid like he's like he just flows like he skates moves tip and it's in like, it's just, like, one one quick motion versus, like, very kind of, like, choppy waiting and then kind of, like, you know, slashing it in or, or whatever, right? Him it's like, he gets to the spot, kind of glides, tip in, done. And, oh, man. And coming off injury, back... Well, first playoff game in back after injury. I mean, my goodness, it was unbelievable. And then turning the page to the Edmonton Oilers game as well. drysidle four goals wasn't able to win that game. Just like the Dallas Stars weren't able to win their game either. I mean, crazy like back to back term of events for uh, for both of those teams. Now the annoying thing circulating the internet though is the question: Is Leon drysidle better than Connor McDavid? And I've just been replying to everyone. Yeah. Is Malkin better than Sid? Like,
1: like yes. Uh, oh come on. Um, no. I honestly, like, admittedly, and I've said this before. so This isn't like news, but before this season, I absolutely would have said the Dreisaitl was better than McDavid, and McDavid basically laughed and said, "Oh yeah, buddy." So yeah, this, I don't think anyone discredited that. But I do. I genuinely believe that the skill set and the all around game that Dreisaitl brings is better than McDavid's. I think he
0: that. he's more. All, like, polished all around? Is that fair to say? Whereas McDavid does what he does better than anybody we've ever seen in history? Is, is that fair to say?
1: Well, I think it's purely... McDavid is just more athletic. Like, he is athletically a freak. He's just
0: a... he's a Whereas Dreisnadel,
1: I still think, is more skilled in several areas. But McDavid gotcha. can do crazy shit at the highest of speeds, and yeah. that is... Forever going to be the toughest thing to stop. So, like, that's where you're splitting hairs. I think right now you're crazy if you say McDavid's not the best player in the world. But I still think that there's a lot that I like about Dry game that I I get the stance. Like, I, I think that Dry in a lot of ways, is better than Connor McDavid.
0: 128 points, 52 goals for the German. Only. Only. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, what a what a crazy what a crazy season for the Oilers. I'm just so happy Nuge got a hundred points. To be perfectly honest, now again, it's it's historic what McDavid wow. did. It's historic what Drysdale did. Ne- like it's unbelievable. We could every other podcast, everybody's talking about how amazing they are. We gotta keep singing the praises of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, former first overall pick. A lot of people said maybe he he never filled in, you know, the shoes of of what a first round pick should be. I will say that he he never was given a chance, and now he's proven his worth. He can play wing. He can play center. He can play third line, second line, first line. He's playing first line at 18 years old. First, first year in the league, the guy is awesome, and I'm very excited to see uh, him crack that 100 points this year. Watching him play in Red Deer with Dumba on the backside, unbelievable stuff.
1: I don't want to hear you talk about Dumba's backside ever again. <laughs> um, but I, I gotta say, it's funny how like hypocritical people can be because everyone like oh, no brainer, McDavid's the MVP and shit. Maybe you even consider nominating Dreisaitl too. And it's like, how many years was Crosby just removed from the heart discussion because he plays on a team with Evgeny Malkin? And the fact that McDavid and Dreisaitl play on a line together roughly half the time, like, it's just crazy to me that there isn't even any conversation had around like, these guys being nominated regularly and they have each other to play with. Uh, and that's not dude, McDavid's the heart this year. There's no question about it, but it's just silly that Crosby and Malkin were pretty much ignored most years because of Oh, that. I
0: feel you Daniel and Hendrick Sedin, 2.0, baby.
1: I just don't think that they were good enough. Oh my God. <laughs> to be the oh MVP God. of the league
0: didn't they one got it one year one got it the year after didn't they
1: i didn't think they both did but one of them did one One, year and it was it was deserved but
0: back to back years years. eh. i think danny got it first and hank got it after don't quote me on that might have been the other way around but no
1: nope you have been quoted damn it
0: um love me some sedines every now and then Whip out the Kirkland lube and I just watched like 20 minutes worth of highlights. It's it's mm-hmm. the greatest part of my week. Month sometimes it's been busy this these last few weeks, but I miss them. Anyways. Uh, um, in other news before uh this gets a little out of hand here. Evander Kane Hoppy simply, <laughs> simply put, is a psycho.
1: There's only one Sadine that's ever won the heart.
0: Sheet. Evander Kane <laughs> psycho explain
1: first. I don't think that needs to be explained at all. I think you could just say that on any given podcast recording and people would not be like, yep, yep. that's right. Yep. Uh, no, this time it's because he went apeshit in so many different uh, moments of the last game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh Where do we start? Um, I don't even know sequentially which one happened in which order, because this is when we were at the rocker event. So we didn't even see the game. Uh, But let me see here. First, we can talk about what everyone's seen go viral him on the ground, basically still hammering at a guy who's laying down in Kolasar uh, gives him several body punches and people were losing their absolute minds. But what makes it even better with all the Vegas fans absolutely freaking out. I don't know if it was from earlier this year, if it was from last year, but there was literally a video of Kolasar doing the same thing, but worse. Like literally like him and a guy went to the ground and he reaches around the ref and is still giving headshots, like just being a scumbag. So I'm not saying that it's deserved, but karma's a bitch. Yeah. And then you've got Evander Kane in the interview after the game, when they asked about it, he's like, Well, sometimes uh, if you fuck around, you got to find out. It's like, all right, dude, you've got the balls. I can appreciate it. Um, But then there was also him. It sure looked to me like he was going for a knee-to-knee with Petrangelo and kind of went more thigh-to-thigh, but I think he was going for the knee-to-knee. I don't know. I wish it was against someone besides Petrangelo so I could be mad. But he's a fucking loser, too. No, no knee-to-knee is good. I take that back. Um, but the highlight of all of it, Isha, is there is a picture of some lady giving the bird oh, up yes. the to Evander Kane. I saw the that. The Oilers took it and used it to give the game recap at the end of 5-1. Oh. to one. They put the five above Kane's hand as he blew the kiss, and they replaced her middle finger with a one.
0: That's amazing.
1: Just good, good on the Edmonton. Elite old. trolling, and I love it. That's awesome people probably forget like oh that's so that's so disrespectful no, no every time I love it please do it
0: that is amazing I absolutely love it um I'm just quickly I, I retweet way too many things um I know I retweeted the Vander Kane picture here but you do um, retweet way too many things yeah it's too far down the the line here but I'll explain and, and, it and oh. you
1: don't even do it sporadically it's like oh I'm gonna retweet 20 things within 10 seconds and then I'll be back in a day
0: Yeah, that's because I only go on Twitter every now and then. I I, I admittedly pretty much only go on Twitter if I'm like taking a very long poop or when I have like when I'm on my computer editing stuff. Because I I maybe go on Twitter like 10 or 20% of the time on mobile. The rest is all computer. So if I'm on Twitter, I'm likely on a computer. So I'm just constantly retweeting shit because I know i'm not i don't know when i'm gonna be back on here actually having some time to just like do the twitter thing but anyways i'm
1: just gonna find all the poop gifts i can
0: yeah (laughs) there you go um another and this is why i thought originally you you brought this up obviously like like, overlooking just everything that was like game related and how much of a psycho he was on the ice and and in his interviews but pre uh in in warm-up in pre in pre-game skate, he was out there shooting pucks. Um, I'm pretty sure without a bucket, but also with his uh <laughs> with his sleeves rolled up to his elbow, no elbow pads or like shin or arm guards or anything. Just showing off his his tats, showing off his arms there, and obviously with his gloves on. And just like like it was nothing, and the broadcast biz biz nasty in particular were just going off. They're like, we, "What is the significance of this? What does this mean? Is this a message? Is this trolling? Is this simply just to get us to talk about it? Is that like what?" And they were just going off about it. And he he stole the show in the warm up just for like just for that little thing. And I mean that's a little psycho. That's that's a little psychotic as well, Hoppy, because like every now and then like. Accidents can happen in warm up. We've seen them. We've seen them in the infamous Taylor Hall incident, right, where he got stepped on, skated over. Um, you know, there's pucks flying everywhere. I don't know if you want to keep your, you know, your elbows exposed. Your, I don't know. Like, I, I know there's not going to be any slashing going on here with your own team, but anyways, it was that was just another like, if we're talking about Vander Kane, that was just like another little note on top of everything going on on the ice his responses to the media, he comes out looking like a psycho in warm uh, warmups as well. Like what do you think is the significance of that? Other than like getting plebs like us to talk about it.
1: I think there must've been some girl that he was hitting up on Instagram that was sitting out in the stands and he wanted to show her his ink. Plain and simple. Like, look at this. I got a sleeve. Just like Tyler say again. <laughs> oh
0: man. What's Tyler Sagan just up it and just like not even like wear his jersey during just exposing some of his abs?
1: I mean, I know they're not like even playing each other, but still. If you got it, flaunt it.
0: Yeah. Everyone says, I mean, there's some that like, like Fiala where I can look at and be like, yep, I get it 100%. Like, if anything, I'm swooning too. Sagan, I don't get I don't. What? I mean, clearly you get it. I- Say, come see. Come what are saw. you straight? Yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> Unfortunately,
1: I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm pretty straight, and I think that he is a beautiful man.
0: Okay, okay. See, come see, come saw, for me.
1: That sounded really dirty. I don't know what it meant, but
0: you know what that means. It means uh, like a little bit, in French.
1: Come see, come saw. Yeah, it's a lot of come.
0: <laughs> You're making this. uh less strange. Well, I'm, I'm
1: making french words sound dirty that's that's my work it's not the french are just fucking yeah, deep.
0: merci beaucoup
1: <laughs> just a bunch of perverts
0: just a bunch of perverts oh my goodness but uh yeah man evander kane all like jokes aside and everything like what what a rejuvenation for his career. Like, and not to say that his production ever fell off. Like he always was producing despite all the off ice shit that was going on it on this team. I think around like McDavid and, you know, like almost like a a Crosby like figure. Cause I'm sure there's been some shads who come through the Pittsburgh organization too, during their like glory days and Crosby kind of being around his aura and everything. And that just winning culture, you, or at least attempting to winning culture here in Edmonton this year, where they had a lot of success. You kind of just have to be on your best behavior as much as a cane can. And it looks like he's cleaned up a lot of his act, which is good. And I mean, t- the impact that he's made on the ice, he's been a missing piece for McDavid and and the other players there. And it's, it's worked out so, so well.
1: Yeah. I mean, one year out of, I think four, but they got him at a pretty good deal.
0: A year in, few games. How many games did he play with them last year?
1: Yeah, but that wasn't part of his contract.
0: I don't know but he played like what twenty games or something. I just mean like the ways he's, he's fit in and like helped. I, they got him as well. at
1: the deadline, didn't they?
0: Something like that. He played like twenty or so games. But anyways, it's 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 been awesome to uh, to see him uh, get back on the straight and narrow, for lack of a better better term. Um. Anyways, so, so, let's continue on with some some other topics here. Uh, coaches being fired. No surprise. <laughs> oh, no surprise that Sutter is being let go in Calgary. Um, what mm-hmm.
1: a, thats a surprise. Really? Okay. I
0: I've been reading a lot about what the players have had to say, and it was not good this year. It was not good. Like I think I think I read there's seven players who asked for a trade, and the reason was we we do not want to play under this coach anymore. So get me the fuck out of here. Um, I'm,
1: I'm not disagreeing with the reasoning for being fired. I'm just saying I'm not, I, I am kind of surprised given the circumstances around it. They've known all fucking year that these players hated this coach. Like that was pretty evident. You didn't need to have these interviews to realize, oh fuck, they really hate Sutter. Like that, that could not have been made more clear by Huberto, by Kadri throughout the year, the way he handled the young players. This should not be a newsflash. Then Treloving walks away because they side with Sutter over Treloving.
0: Which is crazy. Like,
1: okay, I'm out then. So, yeah. And then to turn around a couple weeks later and be like, oh, yeah, we changed our mind. You suck. Peace. By the way, your new contract hasn't even kicked in yet. So here's 8 mil.
0: Yeah, how That's are fun. you? Um, I, I think it might, and people might roll their eyes with this, it might even just be a simple case as like, those above Trillivant didn't realize how bad it was with the players. And at the end of the day, if your players, your your product, is, are, are not going to perform because of this problem, whether you sided side with him in the recent past or not, like, you got to let him go. Even even just for the fact that, like, sending a message to the players, like, hey, we, we understand. Like, yeah, it wasn't a good look with the GM, but you know, the GM's time had come anyways. I think he... Shit, man, Trelemi. Mean, I got nothing but respect for what he did with that franchise. I mean, he kind of put them through two rebuilds. They both he 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 iced two very good teams, two like waves of good teams in his time with the Calgary Flames. He drafted well, like nothing, nothing but respect for him. I think he'll if he wants he'll find another he'll find another uh, GM gig or some sort of management gig in, in the league uh, again. But I, I ultimately, uh, I think this was a message to the players from up up above, being like, okay, yeah, we fucked up. We we hear you. Changes are going to be made.
1: Yeah. That also means this year, shit goes sideways. It's on the players now.
0: Yeah. Uh, and hey, hey, oh, fair enough. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> like, these are good players. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, there always can be mulligan seasons with good teams. We've seen it. Shit. We've seen it with the Tampa Bay Lightning, even. We've seen it. Seen it with all, all, all these teams. These years were some. Usually they make the playoffs, but it's like, it's they make the playoffs and you know, like, I mean, the Capitals are a good example where, and they didn't even make, they, they didn't even make the playoffs this year, but there's been years where like, okay, they snuck into the playoffs. We knew they weren't going to do anything, but they were still like a good team. And they, and you know, a year later, a piece or two added, removed. They're right back in it. I think the flames will be fine. I think that they have a very good team um, this year. There were a lot of changes, obviously the whole coaching issue, um, maybe some of the injection of youth and some of these new players, will help i think huberto i mean he's only going to do better than what he did this year um will he ever be a hundred point player again I, I don't think so i never thought like he like kind of really was without the line mates that he had with him in florida i always you thought that he was like line a, mates that he had with him well, his line mates in florida that he played with him that he played with
1: you know who he played with
0: uh he played with uh he didn't play on Barkov's line did he
1: no he didn't that's why i'm saying this because i assume that you thought he did
0: No, um, I forget. I'll tell my head. He played, but the line was buzzing uh, last season. No, the season before.
1: He was the motor that made the line buzz.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, but it 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 didn't work this year. Again, I don't think he's going to be a hundred points. I think he's always going to be, or he is a like seventy-five to eighty-five point player, and that's that's a that's a very good player. Um, and I think uh, I think he'll bounce back. It's just crazy that like, correct me if I'm wrong. I heard that he had the biggest regression of points ever seen in NHL history in one oh, I, season cuz like he went no from idea. like 100 to have, like what 50 something right
1: i would have to fact check that i have no idea what the biggest fall is
0: okay but anyways i i i, I think Kyle's cousin Tim said that and I, I don't know if it's actual fact or not but like he's a very passionate hockey and flames fan so i was like holy shit i mean yeah that is a huge drop off which is crazy but uh no i, I think the flames will they'll be okay. They'll get back on the saddle. They're going to rip down the Saddle Dome. They're going to build a new arena. That was finally um, approved. So hopefully in four years, they got a new arena down there at the Stampede Grounds. I think they're going to keep it at the Stampede Grounds. I know a lot of fucking Calgarians are like, oh, we want the Saddle Dome. It's iconic. The Saddle Dome fucking sucks. It sucks for concerts. It looks so stupid. Knock that bitch down. Anyways.
1: I just love how fans are like, Oh, how could Calgary trade Matthew Kachuk? Look at him, like because he fucking said he wasn't resigning. Like I, yeah. I don't know what more people need to hear.
0: No, of course I, I, I tell Kyle that all the time. <laughs> um, now on Gallant, do you think he was deservingly let go? I mean, I, he's such a good coach, and he seems to like just bounce around every every couple years. It's it, it's a new team, and it a lot of people paint it in that like his um his word gets stale really quickly yet. The players always seem to say nothing but good things about him. So is it just like the systems get stale or do you think that some of the players aren't the biggest fan of him either? He always seems so like, like I'm a fan of him, right? Like kind of like how we are to Boudreau, but maybe there's some players who don't like Boudreau. I-, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on the whole Gallant situation, his career and this season?
1: His career is weird as fuck, to be completely honest. We went from him being very unjustly released from Florida, torching it with Vegas, being fired into the weirdest circumstances there because expectations got too high too quick, gets replaced by the man who beat him and got him fired. Like, just a wild fucking ride there. Um, New York, I don't think it's a matter of, like, message stale or players don't like him. I think it's as simple as losing in the first round was not acceptable for the New York Rangers this year. They go out and add Panera, sorry, not Panarin Tarasenko, Kane, add some help on the blue line. Like this was a team that they thought was primed for a cup run. They lost in the first round to a largely inexperienced New Jersey Devils team. And it's not even that they lost. It's look at the way they lost, like the games that they didn't win. They were fucking lost puppies out there. The games they won, they torched, right? But aside from the first two games, which you can argue you kind of caught the Devils when their inexperience shows early in the series. And after that, they had one game where they looked good. That's not okay for that squad. So whether it's the coach or something else, something had to be done. Maybe he's just a scapegoat. Maybe there's more behind the scenes. I don't know. But all I can say is I'm so fucking happy the Rangers did not win. It makes me so happy.
0: Yeah, it was. uh, I have to say I wasn't rooting for them in that series.
1: I'm really curious to see what happens with Kane now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's free.
1: He sure isn't going to be there. And he's been very clear. He's not going back to Chicago. Although I wonder if them getting Bedard could change that.
0: That that could that could change a lot of things. Oh, I really hope they don't get fucking Bedard, dude.
1: If Chicago or Philly gets him, I will break things. Philly, I th- Philly, I'm
0: shut gonna have fun with off. if they get him. So I kind of shut um,
1: your dirt. Okay, um, I I hope the Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs get him.
0: This, it's impossible.
1: No, it's not. Trades That's happen all the time.
0: Very, 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 very unlikely. Mm. But uh, again, Philly, I'm indifferent. My only excitement on that front is that I can poke the bear that is you. If that there's
1: happens. no bear to poke, if Bedard's there, like he's doing all the poking. <laughs> yeah. It's that Philly fans are scumbags, and they do not deserve a player like Bedard.
0: Yeah, but the, the Philly players, they they they, they need some. They need Columbus
1: for Phoenix. San and I'm going to call them Phoenix until the end of time. San
0: Jose, let's go, baby. I called it at the beginning of the season. I have a feeling it's just going to happen.
1: Oh, that's what you want, or that's what you're calling?
0: Uh, a little bit of both. I think I've, I've, like, I've called it all year That now that I now I want it. And I think, A, he'll look damn good in teal. B, I got some friends down in, you know, who cover the Sharks and who are I've Sharks I've got some fans.
1: friends. Humble who, Uh
0: who, who I just think, you know, like, like, shout out, you know, shout out Nick Floor. Like, I know he's just going to be, yeah to the moon and I can't like, we'll have to bring him on the show. I I don't think he'd podcast anymore, but like, I've been keeping in touch with him. Like, I know, I know he'll want to talk to the boys when that happens. And I just feel like that market, it would be so much fun to have him be a shark. Like it just, it'd be awesome. I love, I love, I I love superstars who play for the sharks. I've always loved Marlo. I always loved Thornton, like uh, Brent Burns when he was there, Carlson. I mean, he's short lived, but I mean, it's cool to see what he's doing there. Like Disrespect. Um, I used to love pickles. That is Vlasic, but uh, <laughs> goddamn, goddamn! What a sad story that has become. That aged uh, well. That, he did not age as well as the Vlasic's that I know and love, but that's okay. Uh, when he when he when he put on the real red maple leaf and played in the Olympics, he was an absolute beauty. So that's the Vlasic that I'll. That I'll always remember. But, anyways, um, no, I got a feeling, and I'm just rooting for, that the sharks get him. I think it would be really cool to see uh to see him play in San Jose. I mean, going from uh Regina to San Jose, come on, you don't think Bedard will just be extra pumped to just live and play there versus a snowy tundra?
1: <laughs> it's expensive to live there.
0: I have a feeling he's gonna do okay. <laughs> mm. I have a feeling his brand deals right now will, will, will pay his rent.
1: Cost, cost of living is a lot cheaper in Columbus, Ohio. Jerseys are brand, way prettier.
0: I think his brand deals will will cover it all.
1: Right, because if there's one thing that I've heard from professional athletes, it's that once you have a certain amount of money, you don't need more. No, you, you're, never, you... you're never trying to get every penny. No, that, that wouldn't make any sense at all.
0: I mean, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Well, you think he's going to just <laughs> he's going to pull the Lindros because it's too expensive to live in, <laughs> in San Jose.
1: No, I'm just saying that that's not. His <laughs> but that would be epic. And he that said, would be he a hell said of a that story. He's excited. That's the place that he'd want to play and I said, "I don't know. It's expensive."
0: I think he'd be excited to play there.
1: Oh, I think he's going to be excited to play most places. Yeah.
0: Except for Chicago.
1: Oh man. That would <laughs> and
0: honestly, maybe maybe Philly, but <laughs>
1: Chicago would be a huge bummer.
0: Yeah, that would... Vince is just oh. listening to the shaking his head. He's what are you talking about, boys? <laughs> that
1: yeah, but Vince also doesn't know much about what happened with their scumbaggery around Kyle Beach. So yes. I will let him continue to say nice things about Jonathan Taves and whatnot.
0: There you go. Um, Speaking of nice things, I don't have many nice things to say about this organization at all, but uh, your boy, Matty Nyes, unfortunately playing uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs looked damn good in his first few games suffers an unfortunate injury he's concussed right now and it looks like he might be out for the remainder of the series against the Florida Panthers I mean how are you doing dude for me you know like I I rooted for him when he was a gopher now I could care less obviously I don't want to see him injured or anything like that and it really sucks I will say props to him for how electric he's looked playing the minutes that he has been playing with the Leafs and honestly they've been trusting him quite a bit out there, which is which is cool to see. But at the end of the day, like I can't root. I can't I can't root for Matty Nyes anymore. I know you are still rooting for him. So uh just what are your thoughts on his play out of the gate from the NCAA to the NHL and uh just like your your thoughts on this injury.
1: I mean my first thoughts are Isha came in and said I have very few nice things to say about this organization, but the nice thing I'll say is that Matty Nyes is out with a concussion. <laughs> it's a little fucked up, but
0: uh, I, I, I tried to make it not seem that like that it was to be summarized like that, but anyways, you pointed it out.
1: Anyways, he's been unbelievable. I don't think anyone can say anything negative about how he's played. Uh coming up from a very, very disappointing. Last game in college hockey, and he hasn't looked back. And you've seen the way he's gotten elevated in the lineup, like they've trusted him more and more. He's been part of key moments, whether it's that incredible Brock Faber esque save in the first round, or assisting on the game winning goal to advance in the first round. uh He's just looked the part, and I think there's still a lot to be said for what he may or may not be in the NHL, but if he's played his last games of this Stanley cup playoffs, I don't think anyone's coming out with any negatives around his play.
0: No, for sure. Do you think that this uh, affects the Leafs even more? I mean, obviously they're down by two in the series at the time of this recording. They're playing the Florida Panthers as we speak right now, but do you think that this is actually like, this is a hit to them or do you think they, they didn't have them all year? They'll, they'll be fine.
1: Well, it's absolutely a hit when you elevate the guy to play in your top six and he's playing well while doing it to lose him is brutal. But to your point, they definitely have guys to fill those holes. It's just, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer that, yeah, it definitely hurts them to lose a guy that's playing in their top six,
0: but they'll adapt. Okay. You think as much as they can down by two in the series,
1: (laughs) it's, I mean, let's put it this way. They didn't lose. Austin Matthews, right? Yeah, even would, though he yeah. did take a really bad shot to the arm, so maybe he's not playing. <laughs> that would oh, be man. that would be a considerable blow. Which yes. uh, Z got pretty heated on uh, <sighs> the last episode of Judd's Buds, basically about how everyone assumes that Austin Matthews has zero defensive ability, and he's like, he's actually like one of the best defensive centers in the league. He just doesn't ever really display it. Like you're not gonna play him on the penalty kill. Like, yeah, go fucking block some shots, Matthews. Uh yeah, yeah. But he actually spoke really highly of Matthews all around game.
0: Yeah, I just brought up the J Fresh uh like card here, and yeah, everything defensively is incredibly high. <laughs> fucking eighty percent and up. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not a huge fancy stats guy. I appreciate what JFresh does because it makes it easy to read and easy to understand. Um, I mean, evolving wild, I love them, but I have a hard time sometimes understanding everything they talk about because they're just miles smarter than the rest of us humans. Um, so but you, agree uh, you take with a look the at the numbers
1: J- that they projected then for the Gustafson contract,
0: I, mean, I agree almost everything. I didn't want to bad them because I, I like the guys, but, uh, those were a little crazy. Um, but uh, no, every time Jay first has a card on Matthews, if you look at his defensive number, like every like he is a near perfect player, which is amazing. Yeah, hey, four goals in his first game. How are or- will just I will never forget that because like I for me, I I set that aside like that time aside. I remember like I was in college, too. So like I was busy with studying and exams, I think, or not exam, but like the first few assignments of like the semester and i remember like inviting a few friends over we got some beers and i was like this is austin matthew's first game in the national hockey league like this is going to be exciting and i thought if he got a point it would have been fun four goals and the way he scored some of them like absolute domination it was against the senators i know an easy team at that time but still like unbelievable stuff there and i'll I'll always like remember that mode being like fucking rights i'm so pumped that like i you know set the time aside to just, like, take this all in and just be, like, totally zoned in on this game, you know, distraction-free other than cracking beers with the boys, and uh, no, it was awesome. I I don't usually talk this highly of an American player, too. Like, he is so fucking awesome, and, and, and a Maple Leaf. I just really want him to fucking sign in Arizona.
1: Or Philly. When Dubas goes to Pittsburgh, maybe he'll go there.
0: Philly would be sweet, too. I think he'd fit in there.
1: How would he fit in there?
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> He's way too much of a pretty boy Bieber. That, kind of
1: that would be so bad.
0: <laughs> that crowd would eat him up and spit him out. <laughs>
1: like the fans would not applaud that sign. And they'd be like, who the fuck's this?
0: <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? Oh man.
1: Um, oh, right, last couple of I days- mean, for- in that case though, Goudreau wouldn't have really fit in that well either. So
0: Yeah, that's true. But I mean he's he's one of the people, so it's it's a little different. He's like their little cousin. Is he from Philadelphia? No, New he's Jersey. from New Jersey. My my apologies he's from New Jersey. That's right. That's right. I'm trying to think, are there any like notable Philly Philly guys?
1: None. They don't exist. <laughs> that's so funny.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. Last last couple things let's get into. We're last Topic we'll get into. Um, the first wave of uh, nominations for the NHL awards have come out. Let's uh, let's talk about them. Calder, <laughs> not a lot, <laughs> not a lot to get into here because there weren't really, you know, star rookie standouts that like we've seen in in the last few years. Like we've been spoiled, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, Maddie Beniers, Owen Power, Stewart Skinner. I mean, Maddie Beniers. He's with the Kraken. They're in the playoffs. He got the most points. I know he's the the forward, but like, I, I think you have to give it to Maddie Beniers. Like the other two were good, not great. He was better than good, <laughs> not necessarily great, but his team's in the playoffs, and he's an impact player night in and night out. He still has a lot to learn. He still has a lot to 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 work on to become a super, potentially a superstar player. And that's not to say that I don't think Owen Power is like gonna. It's not going to be that in a couple of years as well. Usually defenseman, it takes, it takes a little bit longer, but it, out of these three guys, man, I mean, I, I don't know how much more of a case I have to make. Like it, it's Matty Baneers, right?
1: Uh, my opinion or what I'd bet on.
0: Um, give me both. Give me both.
1: Uh, my money is that Baneers will win it. I would not pick him. Oh, okay. Uh, I think when you look at the actual body of the regular season, it's hard to not go to Stuart Skinner. I know with what we've seen in the playoffs, like there's been reasons to be concerned. Well, that doesn't factor in. No, of course. Um, that's not to discredit Matty Paneers. Like, I think all three of these guys, all different positions are all like very, very qualified. Like I think Owen Power is going to be a freak. And I think he had a good so rookie good. season, but did was there enough there? I don't know. Um, but for me, my Calder pick didn't even get nominated. So who was that? I agree with Pete DeBoer and being upset that Wyatt Johnston was not nominated. Oh, I think interesting. He had an unreal season. I don't think anyone really gives him credit because of how much of the spotlight that first line stole. I think he had a phenomenal year and should have been among the nominees, but he's not. So we move on. Baneers will win it.
0: I remember you brought him up like earlier this season um oh yeah 41 points 24 goals fucking rights dude
1: and the minutes that he was playing and the metrics he put up to like i know you said you're not a fancy stats guy but like he looked the part on film and on a spreadsheet so okay it's not like it's an egregious omission but i would have had him in that group
0: yeah you know what me too, because I've been watching more and more Dallas Stars games, obviously, because of the playoffs. And again, you can't give this award out because of the playoffs, but he has looked like he's – he doesn't look like a rookie at all.
1: Well, and what's crazy is he's looked the part in the playoffs without scoring. Like, he hasn't yeah. been putting points up, but when you look at, like, scoring chances generated, he's up there. So, whatever. Um Moving Honorary on. Honorary
0: nomination for our boy, Kalen Addison, who would have been there if he played a whole season.
1: Yeah, if if he only he didn't he hurt Dean's feelings.
0: He would have one hundred percent been there if he played a whole season. Which is uh, there you go. You've not only the Wild uh, deprived him of half a of a developmental season; they also deprived him of a potential Calder Trophy. So there you go. Disappointing stuff. Disappointing it. stuff. I hope whatever team he goes to, and like when they play the wild for the first time next season, that like on and this is like one of the only times I'll root against the wild. I just hope they get torched against whatever team signs him or he I
1: don't care if they lose, I just hope that he puts up crazy points. No, and I'm I'm,
0: I'm that evil. Like, I hope they lose that game and I hope they get fucking torched.
1: Depends on where he goes,
0: doesn't matter. Unless it's Toronto, then fuck you, Addison. So you
1: can't say it doesn't matter.
0: If it's Toronto, then fuck you, Addison. Right. If
1: it's Philly or Chicago, fuck you. I'm I don't see why either team would do that. So it's not a concern. Um, Selkie,
0: Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heischer, Mitch Marner.
1: I, mean, I only heard called... the first name.
0: <laughs> Patrice Bergeron is running away with this one.
1: I don't know about running away. I think Nico Hischier is a guy that's been talked about a lot this year. I mean, he's Jeff Merrick's absolute crush. Yeah. I think he's been every bit, like, in a normal year, he is running away with the Selkie this year. But because of the season that the Bruins had, because of the narrative that's going to go around it, because he came back for cheap, went on this run, and is possibly retiring after this, he's getting it. So... There's not much of a discussion to be had
0: <laughs> from a wild perspective. How, how high on the list was Eck again? Do you think? Cause I know he was pretty high last year as well.
1: Um, there's a lot of guys out there, man. Like, no, I know, I know. No, I'm just like to kind of talk through it. Like guys that aren't on this list, we got two in LA that are freaks. We got Kopitar and Deno. So, um, cool. trying to think through. Like I would say, I don't think he's top five. I'd be shocked if he's not top ten.
0: Okay. Maybe if he had also a, a full season he, as well,
1: he might be top five. I'm just saying, I would bet on him being in the six to ten range.
0: Yeah. No fair. I I I would say that I, I agree. I just wanted to throw it in there from a wild perspective because he is that good, and I, and I do think I do think before it's all said and done, he he will he he he'll probably win it. I'll say that. I'll say that now futures bet he's, he's going to win it in his career, especially at least once when the wild put together, like the team that we see the success from knock on wood, a Stanley cup, but you know what I mean? Like past the cap years, he he's locked up anyway. So like, he's going to be with the club. And I think that if, and when they reach that next level, when they have the money to actually build, a competitive Stanley cup, you know, winning team that, that Eck will be like, will be like the Bergeron of that team. And I mean, he is already, but like, he will be that, that just so much more, so much better. I absolutely love watching that, watching him. And now, now that like the wild fans just don't even talk about Brock Besser anymore. When you bring up X name, it's awesome. And they're like, no, we, we picked the, we think we picked the right guy. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, for the first three years. Well,
1: until this summer, when it's like, well, how can we increase goal scoring? Oh, hey, Brock Besser. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, if we're, if we're arguing over, you know, goal, like sh- shaving dollars off the goalie contract next year, I don't think we're bringing in a top six scorer like Brock Besser. But, anyways, um, didn't Johansson score more goals than him this year, anyways?
1: Hey, yo. Hey,
0: um, Norris, Adam Fox, Eric Carlson, Kale McCarr. This one's interesting. This one's interesting because, and, <laughs> and it's just funny because I the right answer is Eric Carlson, but usually, usually, and, and I go to bat for, for this more, more often than, than none. Usually I always side with the guy who is a little bit more defensive because that is what this award is. It's the award for the best defenseman. But if you have a fucking defenseman who puts up triple digits, it, it vetoes the defensive side. I'm sorry. You got to give it to the hundred point guy. Cause that just doesn't happen. Like it, it's just crazy. It, it's unicorn stuff, right? And Eric Carlson puts up a hundred, 103 points it, or something like that. It was, it was over a hundred. It was, it was over Uh, the man it it was it was unbelievable it was such an unbelievable season and all season while we were doing the podcast we're always like is he gonna do it is he gonna do it he's getting close hopefully he doesn't get injured hoppy he fucking did it like we were swooning over uh, ryan nugent hopkins hitting 100 holy fuck eric carlson who is a point per game defenseman went above and beyond this year on that shit sharks team he's gonna get he's he's gonna get the sharks a haul when they trade him next year and uh i i think that adam fox maybe deserves it more because of the defensive side but if you have triple digits and points on the back end i'm sorry like that just that that's that's the trump card um how do you see this that's how that's how i think i think it's a home run for carlson what do you think
1: i mean home run is aggressive i 100 points dude you hit 100 points that's probably where it's got to go um I think it's hilarious that people are freaking out and there's outrage over Kale McCarr being among the nominees because he only played 60 games. I'm sorry, like fucking. Uh, Dom uh, LeShizen replied to someone posting about that, and he's like, "Like, how can Kale McCarr get in with only 60 games played or whatever?" And he's just like, "Because he is the best defenseman in the NHL." I hope this helps. <laughs> like, he is on a different level than all of these guys. He put up 66 points compared to Fox's 72 points. Fox (laughs) played 22 more games. Yeah. And it's not that he's just an offensive power either. Like, and again, over a point a game, 66 points in 60 games. The guy is a, a very good defensive defenseman as well. And it's crazy that like, I always think the funniest thing with him, like with all of his skill and all of his flash, his calling card for me is when someone comes and tries to body him and they just bounce off him. And he's, he's, he's so a strong little guy, dude. And he just like, no one can outman him. Now, again, still think he's a loser for the hit on McCann, but that's one play. That's not like a defining moment in his career, but I, I, objectively think he is the best defenseman in the nhl and it is not particularly close i think that he will actually get more votes than you might expect okay but um yes, do- carlson should probably win it a lot of people will be upset about that because all it's of the minuses incredible. but
0: yeah this is 2023 what, what the fuck does minus even mean these days right mm-hmm <laughs> Um, do you think Quinn Hughes is at number four with uh 76 points in 78 games?
1: I think he got snubbed, he should have been all three nominees, probably.
0: <laughs> now you're speaking my language, let's go. Uh, but no, do, do you think he's knocking on that door with, with those three guys? Like, what a season he had! Obviously, the first uh, the, the fastest NHL defenseman to, to 200 points. That's a great season. The he almost set set another record, which you were really excited about, which was uh what was it?
1: <laughs> Most uh assists without scoring your first yeah. goal.
0: Which he broke our hearts there. Seven goals sure. on the season, by the way. I mean, he went on a crazy stretch where he didn't score at all, but he, you know, not not quite his career high of eight, but you know, just behind it there. But no, I think he I think he's probably knocking on the door as well there with how bad Vancouver was defensively this year, with how <laughs> With how like he had to really think. Okay, I have to at times make the right play and break out because our goalie can't bail us out right now because Demko was gone a good chunk of the season. I do think he took a step forward defensively, but he's again defensively he's not he's not in the he's not in the same stratosphere as uh, as a Makar or Fox skating. Though I will say, like skating, I still think he's the best skater in, in the NHL. Like not North South McDavid style, but just like all around. I think, I think he, he, he's so good in every area and that's why I love watching him. Like I will, I will always, you know, I will always smile cheek, you know, that big cheeky smile and say that he's the best defense. He's better than Caleb McCart, blah, blah, blah. I love the Canucks and I love that, that player, but I, I will always go back to this and say that when I first saw him skate, when I watch him skate now. I am always so impressed and he brings, like he brings me to my feet. Like sometimes I just stand up and go, Oh my God, Like I can't believe he, he did that because it's that unique. Um, And again, a little bit of bias because I love the Canucks. And whenever they do something good, it's like, all right, fucking rights. But still, when he was playing with Michigan before he was even drafted, before I even thought that it was in the realm of possibility for the Canucks to get lucky enough to, to draft a guy like that. I was, I was like, I'll be a fan of this guy wherever he goes because let I me mean, accept, Toronto because he was that incredible then. And I don't know. I just I love watching that player. So I think personally, like, bias aside, connects by aside, he's probably the next one. Uh the next one. Like to knock on that door. He's probably like fourth and fourth.
1: And then make a statement like that. <laughs> uh I mean the the correct answer, honestly, because you called it right. Like he's still got a ways to go defensively. I think unless he's number one in points defensively, you're never gonna see him in that final three. Okay, who I think you, that I think that he can, and I think he's got the talent. It's just without the defense, you need to be like Eric Carlson. You yeah. need to put up stupid numbers to be in this conversation because you've got the Victor Hedmans. you've got the Roman Yossi's who can do both. It's really hard. Like if you beat them by a couple points, tough shit. No one cares because yeah. they do so much more in the game than you do. Um, I won't go as far as you and say that he's the number one skater, but uh, his skating is obviously something that separates him. Like that was clear from his first game, his rookie year. The dude is different the way that he get, the way that he can just gallop out there, but he can do it so cleanly. And so like, it's just effortless. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't think that he's number four. Is he on people's ballots? Probably, but I don't know. This year was kind of weird with defensemen too. So you never know.
0: It was. So those years too, man, like if Vancouver had a team and I always go back to the Pierre Dorian quote, we're a team. If they had a team this year for, for the the duration of the the whole year, you know, Bruce, like I I forget that there was all this Bruce Boudreau drama. That's all fucking crazy. And like the Rachel Dory stuff like this year was crazy for the Canucks, right? Like it was, if they had even some sort of semblance of like, I don't know, stability, maybe that would have seeped onto the ice a little bit too. With like, you know, everything going on with Horvat, you know, <coughs> Miller, like there was so much uncertainty and he still put up such a good season, put up such a good season. Um, I just wonder, and I get hindsight's 2020, 20, but I wonder if the circumstances were a little bit better, if he would have popped a little bit more, but it's neither here nor there. He had a great season. And I think the Norse list is fair. Last but not least, Jack Adams,
1: Jack Adams. We've got some interesting names here. Uh, we've got Dave Hackstall. Jim Montgomery and Lindy Ruff. So Dave Hackstall, Seattle Kraken. Jim Montgomery of the record-setting Boston Bruins, and Lindy Ruff of the New Jersey Devils.
0: All have fun stories. My favorite is Lindy Ruff's because they well the the New Jersey Devils did not have a good start to the season, and like the crowd were like chanting like "Fire Lindy!" Oh yeah, right. And then turns it around, and they went on what was like was it a 10 game win streak it was something crazy like that right
1: something crazy like that but 10 yeah 10 or 12 they, it was yeah, something like they didn't look back some... in there
0: and yeah exactly and, the new, and then i remember at the end of the win streak they were like we're sorry lindy we love you lindy and like the crowd it totally changed and um i've always liked lindy ruff personally um dallas stars buffalo sabers i mean he's been around for a while he's old school but he still can get players to to get fired up and, and 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 play for him. Like I don't think he gets stale as quickly as some of the older um coaches in the league right now. And uh so he has a cool story behind him what what the Devils did this year was great. Everyone knew that they would be good. I don't think anyone thought that they would be this good. Um so again, good story. Do I think I he I don't
1: know that everyone thought they would be good. Uh, uh. you you go back to us picking at the beginning of the year, how each division was going to lay out. Well, because again, the caveat: the East is so stacked. Them, I don't think anyone had them in the top five.
0: I think, I think the caveat was, and we all brought that up in our conversations, was like the East is so stacked. We, we can't put them totally. above these teams, but they'll still they'll still be a good team. I I feel well, like that's we what did we did
1: say that, but still, like n- no one thought they would be good, right? Like this good? Yeah, no, it, it's just different. No,
0: yes, yeah they they exceeded our expectations everyone's expectations 100%. Um, so good story with Lindy Ruff there. Montgomery, I mean, shit, man. His, like, everything that, like, he has um, dealt with off the ice, being able to come back into the into the National Hockey League, coaching at the highest level, and do what he did with the, the Boston Bruins. Unbelievable. Historic season. I honestly don't... I don't know how you don't give it to him. Haxtell, I mean, yeah, okay, good story there. too. of the Kraken making the playoff, fine it was the fucking West, dude. Like, <laughs> just, well, if Canucks, made the playoffs, mean, Canucks are a bad example, but like, you know, one of the other Western teams we missed, like you're going to give, you can give coach of the year to them too. No, like, fuck that. Like uh, credit what Haxtell did and what the team has did to sneak into the playoffs. But no, it has to go to Montgomery and the Boston Bruins. Like they, they, it's a, it was a historic season. I don't know how, if, like when you make history, you, you can't also win, you know, the, the Jack Adams, it, that that's kind of where I feel. How no, I it,
1: feel. it would make no sense if he didn't win it. Um, but I, I refuse to believe that Dave Hackstall is a good NHL coach. Um he came from college, right? I still think it's like, Yeah, all oh, right, he's a great coach in college, yeah. and I'm very glad that he is not there anymore.
0: There you go. There you
1: go. But what's even funnier, if you look at <laughs> just the coaching carousel in general, right? So we've got (laughs) the 2022 nominees for the Jack Adams award Two just recently got fired. And one is an assistant coach. Now we got Daryl Sutter of the Calgary flames. We've got Gerard Gallant. (laughs) Of the New York Rangers. And we've got Andrew Burnett of the Florida Panthers. Who is now, of course, the assistant with New Jersey, which I I think is interesting too, because people want to say that Lindy's doing a good job. People want to say that Burnett's having a good year. Like, I'm kind of curious who it is and what the dynamic actually is.
0: Right. Maybe it's one of those cases where just like you need you need both those pieces for it to work.
1: Well, you really wonder too, because I think he's had a, a large hand on the forward group. I don't know who makes like schematic changes like the devils have made adjustments this year and my biggest fear with anyone that wants to bring andrew brunette in as their coach is he's dean evison right he does not make changes there are Mm -hmm. no adjustments he'll come up with a great game plan he'll have his forwards ready to go and if that doesn't work tough shit maybe we'll win next game like i hope he's learned that lesson and maybe he can still be a quality NHL head coach, but if he's not the one that's making those adjustments, I would stay far away. People. Yeah.
0: There you go. I always love seeing the the coaches carousel, and there's always one. There's always one who is nominated and who like is either on the hot seat or or who was fired after the next season. So, so there you go. Two of them this year. Um, that's it for the episode. So much for a, a short episode. We've jumped on here. And we're like, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to talk about for the wild, but uh, th- there's actually a lot to, to chew on as far as NHL uh, news um, draft coming up. Um, you guys uh, listening to this this morning, if you're listening to this on your drive to work or driving home from work, you should also join us on YouTube later today because Hoppy, why is that?
1: We will be doing a live stream of the NHL draft lottery Uh, spoke Z going to be running the whole show. I'll be there making sure that things are operating, but otherwise it's going to be going through, uh, obviously instant reaction to which teams rise and fall. And even talking through the first, I don't like calling it a mock draft because it's not him predicting where people will go, but it's actually gonna be the first iteration of Z taking you through who he would draft if he was each of those teams so definitely tune in crack a beer with us stop have some fun because you know that whatever they're s- playing on the tv is going to be just miserable it will probably there be good across
0: oh god if i hear him say they're nice one more time i'm gonna rip my fucking hair out dude oh man
1: be careful you don't have much left
0: <laughs> stop Um. by the way I can't believe uh, actually I, I can't believe but I kind of can believe that P.K. Subban uh, d- you know, wasn't cancelled after his comment uh, a few days ago well, we'll, just up, yeah. we'll just leave it at
1: that
0: we'll just leave it at that oh sure. my god thanks everyone for tuning in we appreciate you check us out on YouTube you can find us again Google, Spotify, Apple Podcast and uh, if you're listening on any of those please drop a review rating and review i know we say you can do it on apple Podcasts. that's the easier way to do it, but you can do it now on spotify and pretty much any podcast app so if you're listening on a podcast app outside of apple podcast you can also drop a rate and review five stars baby it just helps us get in front of more listeners and check us out on youtube if you want to see the visual side of this if you want to see video clips of all the podcasts mnc double the soda pod and Judd's buds we post pretty much daily there on the youtube channel so go check it out the soda pod that's it for this week hoppy and i i'll be back wednesday To uh, basically recap the great rocker event that we went with our friend Dylan. Go check the last podcast, the episode we did with him, episode 306. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Uh, Hoppy will be back with Z. Later, we'll be back with Z on today where we you're listening to it for the live stream. So, check that out as well. And if you miss it, it will be posted on YouTube so you can go back and take a listen. Signing off, I'm Misha Dromi alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by our friends at Better Edge, Seventh Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and of course, Waggle Golf. We good, man? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.